Welcome to NRI Woman, the show where we chat with women of Indian origin living abroad. I'm Bettina. And I'm Nanora. We'd like to warn our listeners, some of the subjects discussed in this episode is very sensitive. So please be mindful of the environment that you're listening in. And if you personally need help, please contact your local helpline. The loss of a child, regardless of age, is one of the most devastating experiences a parent can face. One is never going to stop feeling the loss and that gap is never going to be replaced. One has to learn to rebuild their lives around that gap. It can be a very lonely and desolate process. Many grieving parents struggle to find meaning in their lives after such a loss and wonder how they will survive it. Joining us today to share her story of love, loss and survival is Sheetal Mulani, whose son Mohit passed away at the tender age of 21. Sheetal comes from a Hindu Sindhi community that migrated from Pakistan to India. She married an Indian businessman based in Dubai in the UAE. And this is where she raised her children, her daughter Vidhi and son Mohit. Together, they were a close-knit family and Mohit was a light that shone and the subtle power that pushed them to better themselves every day. I understand that Mohit has come for a cause and he was against competition of any kind right from his birth, except he was competing with his sister. Mm. The rest is he never competed with any of his friends. Mm. And competition, jealousy, inequality was not his forte. So that is, he's come here and he's teaching that lesson. Everybody not to be competitive. He wanted to be a doctor for this purpose, to help save people, to help people, whatever, wherever they were. And I think even now he's achieving that. Because what we write and all, even at a soul level, Mohit is a doctor, he's healing everybody. Because we all talk, but Mohit did. What he did at 16, nobody can do even at 80. He helped everyone. There was one girl from a building, she was failing in chemistry. So I said, do one thing, my son, knows chemistry and you can send her to him and he'll take care of her. From morning to night, Mohit covered her entire one-year portion in those few hours, eight to ten hours. And then I said, Mohit, if you were my chemistry teacher, I would have been a doctor. Because the way he went down to everybody's level, if I would give him chemistry tables, do this, do this, do this, balance equations, he never did. I would get angry, frustrated. Then one day he said, why are you getting frustrated? These things are meant only for these type of people, XYZ. You just have to remember this, 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 and you're all set. You don't need to do anything more. And like he would just go and give the exams. (laughs) So he was always thinking differently than everyone. If I will tell the faculty, they'll not believe it. But at 19, he's telling me he's working towards a Nobel for chemistry. So I said, why? He said, I already have an edge in chemistry in the second year, lab classes. So I'm saying, how come you have an edge? You know, you are competing globally with Japanese, Koreans and Chinese and all. So no way you can be the best. Mm-hmm. He's saying, no, because they are all, you know, mostly children from there, born and brought up there. So anything they do, their parents tap them on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. So they have no scope for 
improvement or inspiration. For me, my rigorous Indian method <laughs> of chemistry at modern high <laughs> has helped me so much that things come very easily to me. And if I start working on a Nobel at 19, at least when I'm 60, I can get a Nobel. And her favorite memory of Mohit? Mohit lying on my lap, reading, reading, reading. <laughs> and he would always, anything I or he would say, it was duh. <laughs> duh. <laughs> duh, duh, not duh, duh, that strong duh. duh, with mock raised eyebrows. He would raise his eyebrows and mock. That, in a nutshell, was Mohit. Funny, humble, compassionate and quietly ambitious. Mohit knew early on that he wanted to be a doctor. His sister was pursuing a degree in pharmacy in Boston and Mohit was pursuing his undergrad in New York. Sheetal knew that they both had some initial hiccups settling in but didn't think much of it. She chalked it up as most of us parents would to the natural course of fitting into a new environment. Mohit was in his fourth year at college and taking a gap year when he came down to Dubai to complete his formalities for his green card in August 2016. He came and he had put on a lot of weight and I asked him and he said, it's like, how come you put on so much weight? Because I was always visiting him at least two times a year. So I said, you were not, you didn't have this much weight all of a sudden what happened? He was always 53. Mm. He would eat, but he would eat right. And how come you have put on this much weight? And then he said, I was, you know, I'll go to the gym and I'll reduce. So I would send him to the gym. And then he he had very sore legs because he had walked with, he had come to meet him. And he had walked the entire Brooklyn Bridge with her. So he said, mom, the shoes were hurting and don't pressure me to go to the gym to reduce my weight. I'll reduce it slowly, slowly. And it was fine because then if he's hurting, I can't ask him to, go to the gym and this time round he was very he was like a small baby everything that I would tell him he would do all these years he was dictating to me this was the first time he was listening to me like we were always learning from him all these years since he was adolescent but now he was listening to us he was talking he was giving advice but more so he was listening to us and I'm seeing how come Mohit is so docile, you know. And I said, Mohit, you have changed a lot. And I cannot even think in my worst dreams that he was on medication or medication was making him like this. No clue, nothing. Then all of he came on 16, then we were busy buying plants and busy shopping for his books. He would find the books very expensive. We would go to the shops because that was a favorite for us. Like there's hardly any bookshop we have not visited. That was our thing. We say, mom, the books are very expensive here. They're cheaper in New York. I'll buy from there. And every day we are going out either to eat or to explore, to buy plants. Then we had this interview on 21st, 22nd, 23rd for NMC, for the green card, the vaccinations and all. And throughout his sitting there and reading to me. All of a sudden, I think on 21st or 22nd, he's asking me to get vivans for him. 
and then he's telling me mom they started me with 10 mg and they increased to 30 mg but still it doesn't work and i need vivans and and i'm diagnosed with anxiety and adhd so i had never heard of all these words before anxiety we think is normal anxiety you know mm-hmm. you just tend to feel a bit nervous and that is anxiety you don't read more into anxiety and when he's saying i'm diagnosed and i need vivans i'm saying okay he gave me the name uh, we tried to buy we called some doctors and they said no it's a prescription medicine you can't get it you need to go to the doctor so mohit asked me to try to get this medicine from india he gave me the factory name numbers everything we called those people we called our close friends from mumbai to get those medicines for us with prescription we tried the whole of mumbai we tried to call the factory there was no response and this medicine wasn't available in india no doctor could give it even with the prescription so i told mohit it's impossible to get this and you you better come with me here to the doctor you know if you need the medicine so desperately so he said uh, the doctors over here will spoil my case they'll treat me for depression and i don't have depression i'm just having anxiety and if you take me by force to a doctor everything will be spoiled so i can't pressure mohit to come to a doctor because he was so learned he was so ahead of everything we just couldn't tell him anything and i can't pressure my son no 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 you have to come to the doctor if i knew anything related to the medicine if i research if i googled then i could have got some clue but your child is so normal except for increasing weight you don't think of anything of that sort and then he's telling me mom don't worry i'm fine because i didn't uh, take these medicines since the last time i took the medicines was in december one year earlier six more than six months and i've not taken the medicines after december this was the first time that sheetal found out that mohit was on medication of any sort she knew nothing about these meds or their side effects and mohit had always had a way of calming his mom down this time around he did the same so i'm thinking everything is fine okay all of a sudden in between we are having guest and all he's coming out having dinner with all of us and normally he would sit and eat in his room but this time he would come and join us all out and eat and he bought, bought perfumes watches everything the watch was on all his hands but the perfumes are not opened still they are closed bottles the bags are closed every day i'm making coffee for him giving him breakfast this day mohit is saying mom you come back and then we'll have coffee and breakfast you drop papa and come then we have so me and my husband had it was 27th of august i gave my husband breakfast we had tea then before i'm going to drop my husband to the market and run some errands mohit is coming and asking me can you get kale for me i need to make a smoothie I'm saying, Mohit, how come for two years you didn't ask for kale, and all of a sudden you want kale? He said, I want this smoothie. So I said, okay, I'll get it. And normally we would get kale from Spinney's, but now Spinney's had closed down. 
when Mohit came. So I said, Spinis is closed down. I'll go to Bhakar and get the key. So he's saying, Mom, don't bother to go to Bhakar because that way you'll take long to come back. And I want you back quickly. So I said, it's fine, you know, it won't take me. You know my driving, I drive so fast. So he said, still, Mom, don't bother for the key. But being a parent, if your child has asked you to get it, you'll get it. I just ran and got the cane. And I came back within half an hour. And at my elevator door, a boy is running from the swimming pool side. He lived on the fifth floor. He's running and telling me, I'm ringing your bell. There's nobody home. Your neighbor's child has fallen down. Still, I couldn't register anything. And he's lying down. So I'm going home, calling Mohit, I've got your key. Mohit is not answering, I'm going to the bathroom to see if he's there. I'm opening the door, he's not there. I'm going to his room, maybe he's reading, he's not there. I'm calling out Mohit because the door is open, the AC is on the lowest. I'm saying, Mohit, what are you doing? You should understand this is summer and we are feeling hot. How can you open all the doors? And then I'm thinking Mohit has gone down to Chaitram to buy something. He used to buy candles and all, all the time and incense sticks. So I'm going to the balcony to see my neighbor's son fallen down. And to my shock, it is Mohit. Like that. I still cannot register anything. I'm just keeping on saying, Mohit, what are you doing here? Why are you sleeping? Come up, come up. I'm calling you. He's just lying there. Not a drop of blood, nothing. He's just lying as if he's sleeping. All the time I'm in New York, I'm telling Mohit, you must sleep, you must sleep. He's saying, Mom, I have to finish this, I have to finish this, I'll come back and sleep. I'm saying, Mohit, I don't want your studies. I want you to sleep on time, get up on time. He's saying, Mom, just give me one more day, one more day. I'm saying, Mohit, I'm telling you to sleep. You are not sleeping. And why are you sleeping now in this heat? And this, my Guru Dada's words, you know, accept everything. I don't know from where. All of a sudden, these words are calling me. Accept everything, the good and the bad. I'm not realizing anything the good or the bad. I'm just thinking Mohit is sleeping. Nothing else. It's registering. I'm just calling him to get up. Just, I don't even register that Mohit has fallen down. Nothing. I'm just calling him, Mohit, come up, come up. I'm calling you. And I did not realize where Mohit had fallen. There was a temple there where he lay at his feet, the first floor. His feet were at the temple. 27th August 2016. Shetal has replayed this day many times over in her mind. She had no indication that something was not right or that Mohit needed her. Everything was the usual routine they followed, except for the request to bring Kale. While Shetal thought it odd, she didn't think anything of it. And then, in a few minutes, life as they knew it had changed forever. I just remember my Guru's words. You have to accept everything, the good and the bad. And also Mohit's words. Because throughout, since Mohit is four, 
He's worked on us. He's worked on us to make us strong, me and Didi. He never touched my husband or criticized him or interfered with him. But me and my daughter, Mohit was like adamant. You have to be strong. You have to be self-sufficient. That day, that particular day, I shut my doors. Nobody should come to me. Nobody should talk to me because I have still not registered. Yeah. Outside, okay. Whatever happens, you say, your guru tells you to accept everything, you accept and you move on. But that inside registering, mm. still not registered. How can you register this thing? Yeah. Her guru's words that you have to accept everything, the good and the bad, was on repeat in her mind. And with that, Sheetal and her family began the unwelcome journey of finding a new norm and surviving in a new world. Death of a loved one in a family instantly breaks the family tree. It's an unexpected crash that destroys part of each member of the family and yet one must carry on for the other surviving members. It's this struggle of clinging to what has gone and what is left behind that every member of the family must deal with. And so Sheeta, her husband and daughter had to find a way to love and care for each other in a way so their family tree could survive even though a precious part was missing. This journey of rebuilding the family is still a work in progress. When it happened, I was blaming my husband. I didn't speak to my husband for one and a half month. Even if he would come on Skype, I would try to avoid him. Tell Riddhi, I'm, tell your papa I'm busy. Because I went to drop him, I lost Mohit. So this tag, mm. this blame remained with me. Because I went to drop Mohit, my husband, this happened. I couldn't come to terms with that. But slowly, slowly, I understood that he is not to blame. But my husband is so kind, so compassionate. It's we we understand each other's needs. We understand each other so well that he has stood by me through thick and thin. Sheetal and the rest of her family were struggling with placing blame, dealing with the guilt of what they could have done differently, and being judged by others. She's facing a lot of stigma and trauma because of my son. Like the minute she goes anywhere, everybody talks about a sibling and the minute they come to know what happened, the blame goes on her as if she was a part of it or she is responsible or whatever. It's difficult to understand. People are just judging. If they know you, they will not blame you. But still, there's a loud indictment that she's responsible. It goes on in their head. They keep on judging you. They're always staring at you as if you are an exhibit at Madame Tussauds. Always staring. How come she's so strong? How come she's so weak? They have a problem with both. It's not your fault. Nobody's asking for this. Nobody wants this to happen to them. But once it happens, you just have to take things from there. And everybody is just thinking that my son did this, did that. But I can never ever believe my son did this. He was too loving, he's too caring. There's something that my eye is not seeing that is happening behind the scene that is happening. Why? That question had no correct answer. Sheetal got a glimpse of what was happening behind the scenes through Mohit's diaries. And that revealed in part what was going on in his mind and provided Sheetal and her family a tool to carry forward his legacy. I never accepted 
my son can do anything i don't accept the word sui my people coined these words you have come here in this world for a reason you love your family you're close to your family if you don't know your son and how can you blame the child your child did this your child did this how can you talk you don't know the child and everybody thinks children nowadays they live in a different world they are this they are this nobody understands that it is the antidepressants that cause this nobody understands it's only when you go through this you understand is the medicines because these medicines make the child very slow when i'm asking mohit to drop economics don't pressure himself he's telling me mom i don't buy books i don't waste time studying i just listen to the lecture the professor talks in the class i go and give exams 93 is my lowest mom i beg you don't ask me to drop economics I did masters in economics and I was learning from Mohit what is economics he would sit with me and do economics he helped in his diary he's helped everyone with a higher level calculus numericals in economics he's just gifted this depression word mohit is shaking i don't have depression i don't have depression mohit was a smart and gifted child who excelled at everything he took on and all of this came to him naturally and easily Yet when he moved to the US he felt crushed under the expectations of being a pre-med student. He found he was not alone in the struggle and all the other children there were in a similar situation. And their way of dealing with it was turning to medication. And so Mohit despite knowing otherwise eventually surrendered to the common path. Here are the excerpts from Mohit's blog which describes his experience with the pills. Yes, the beguiling part is that it starts slow. and muted and in the beginning you do not even notice anything except that feel good vibe it is only later and research will bear me out when you are well and truly hooked that that dosage is upped and you see so confusedly between relapse and withdrawal the two toxic states of mind like bouts of seasickness fogging the brain and the mind and yet in some way doing a puff the magic dragon captivity of your thoughts at this point there is no breakdown you are afraid afraid to let go the plastic piece you get afraid to continue simply afraid to talk about it and share the fears bottle them up pretend they are not there above all wrapping the fear like luggage at the airport in transparent sheets of sadness so no one can open that box this takes energy adds to the exhaustion and feeds the demons that have now a far more free reign over your behavior then comes the next level of the mental breakdown the itching the irritation the crawling skin the extreme of cold and heat the absolute inability to rise out of bed in the morning and the dread that seeps like winter cold into the bones even when you stop taking these meds the shaking the twitching and the jerks in the body do not go away what's wrong nothing why are you twitching i'm not yes you are leave me alone i'm fine damn and they leave you alone it wasn't the depression that got me in the gut it was the updosage of stuff like zoloft clonopin vivans and others that i often threw away because i did not want to be dependent but they got me in their claws anyway 
push me step by step to the end of the road and the final cliff, the only relief to the silent scream. Sheetal found out that her son was being treated for anxiety and ADHD only after it was too late. She was stunned to know that children still in their teens had access to the medication that could alter their minds and they were prescribed these without the knowledge and consent of a parent or without guided supervision. Yes, Mohit was over 18, technically an adult, but she couldn't understand how the only support offered to a vulnerable young person in an alien environment was medication. And how could the system be so flawed that it would not take into consideration that the person may also need the support of their loved ones. Sheetal and her family are fighting back in their own way. Their objective is to raise awareness about what she believes is a rampant overdiagnosis of children with anxiety and ADHD, followed by treatment with medication, without exhausting all of their options first. They are doing this together with Mohit, who continues to share his message with us through his blog, Mohit's Corner, and the book, that Saturday morning. What I have gone through with Mohit. We are creating a platform for people, my blog, so that we don't, people don't suffer the stigma. They come out and, you know, we want people, we are trying to build a community where you are not isolated or stigmatized. You need to come to the forum, talk about your fears, your insecurities, take each other's hand and help each other. Don't be overcompetitive. I'm the best. Nobody is the best. We have come here to help each other. To think that we are all one. If people talked, if people came out and told their stories, we could have saved so many children. Not all of them, but still so many children. Nobody talks, nobody says anything. If you talk, you are shut down. You know, people tell me, you're not going to live long, but I don't care. At least I've done my job on this earth. We have all come to do something, and at least I'm not going empty-handed. Continuing Mohit's legacy and keeping her faith has given Sheetal the courage to move on. Some days are easier than others, but every day she pushes herself to do better and be better, as that is what Mohit would have wanted for her. My meditation classes, Dada Jashan Vaswani, they all tell one thing, that we are all part of one. We are all one. It's unity. Nobody goes. But we don't need to fear death. Where will Mohit go away from me? Where can a son go away from a parent? Because now I'm able to see myself and Mohit in different lifetimes, in different forms. Only when I go so deep, I can see. On a superficial level, if I'm only crying, I cannot see anything. Until I don't see that we have all come here for a, how actors just play a role in a movie. So we are also just playing a role. Just because of this human emotional problems, we entangle ourselves so much that we cannot think beyond my, me and my son, me and my family. We have to realize that we have, the soul is playing out its role. This is all drama. And once I understand that Mohit had come here to play a specific role, he played that role very well. And I should also do it. And everybody should do it. 
that is our message everybody should play their role to the best everybody should do their best be their best ashital knows well the grief of losing a child can be crippling she does her best every day to not let the grief dictate her life the grief is a very personal thing it's a very personal journey it affects everybody differently i have a pet as a parent i have gone through the worst thing that could happen to a parent my journey of grief is not the same as anybody else's not even another parent i would state my guru dada jashan's words accept everything that has helped see me through those who are grieving i have one thing to say we have to honor our loved ones they cannot bear to see us in pain or suffering they feel more anguish our loved ones are watching us but without emotional entanglement or human emotional problems and we express pain when we express pain they also feel the pain as i said you are answerable for every thought word and deed but in a physical form we feel this human emotions entanglement but at a soul level you don't you feel but you don't express it and then when we express we cause them pain so we don't have to cause them pain we just have to help them help them help them and how can you help somebody just by honoring 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 i may feel what happened to me was unjust and harsh but at a soul level i have been deeply enriched sheetal has chosen to learn from her circumstances we have to learn emotional intelligence and emotional intelligence just says one thing you are the source of your happiness your happiness does not lie outside of you nobody else can make you happy it's only you yourself because we are all answerable for our karmas our deeds our thoughts my mother my son my daughter my husband they are not answerable or responsible so the whole emotional independence i cannot be happy because i have mohit i have to be happy if i have mohit or i don't have mohit when does this great personal development happen it happens through some of the harshest of experiences and we have to understand that we have chosen them because as tulsida says and i think even jesus christ says that we have made this blueprint pehle bani prarab पीछे बना शरीर तुलसी ऐसा जान के फिर भी मन न बांधे दीर मीन्स वी नो दैट वी हैव चोजन दिस बट इन द बॉडी फॉर्म वी कैन नॉट अंडरस्टैंड दैट वी हैव चोजन दिस बिकॉज एट अ सोल लेवल वी मेक सो मेनी चॉइजेस एंड दोज चॉइजेस आर नॉट ऑल अबाउट अवेयरनेस दे ऑल्सो कम फ्रॉम इग्नोरेंस बिकॉज वी हैव कम यर टू लर्न वी हैव नॉट कम यर कम्फर्ट कन्वीनियंस एन्जॉयमेंट द लेसन टू बी लर्न अर्थ इज अ स्कूल and until we don't learn those lessons and the bigger lessons we learn the more phd's we get it's like we have a free will either do bad or do good rise 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 sheetal had heard from mohit's friends that he had wanted to set up a hospital in india and marry a girl of his mother's choice she didn't know of mohit's thoughts and plans just as she didn't know so many other things he was thinking about It's an ongoing battle to balance the pain and guilt of outliving her child with the desire to live in a way that honors him and his time on earth. 
Sheetal has been so open about her life and shared her story with us in the hope that it may help another. Me alone cannot do anything. It's me and us who can bring about a change in future. And as it says, I can easily say, I have no hope, no health, no peace within, no calm around, neither the, nor the contentment the sage in meditation found. Others I see whom these surround, smiling, they live life and call it pleasure. To me, this cup was dealt in another measure. Join us again next time for more inspiring stories of NRI women. If you like the show, please recommend us to a friend. And don't forget to rate us as it helps other people find us. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please email us at hello at nriwoman.com or Twitter at NRI underscore woman. Stay tuned for highlights from the next episode at the end of the show. You can see and learn more about the amazing women we chat with on our Facebook page or website www.nrwoman.com. I'm Nanora. And I'm Bettina. Until next time, keep learning, keep inspiring and be kind. Next week on NRI Woman. You can do it as well. I can, you can. Right? So I think it's when we when we get together and we uh, push ourselves and pull others along with us, that is a good way of getting rid of the phobias and actually stepping out into the power that you are. New episodes come out every Monday. Make sure you subscribe.